I'm starting a new series called How to Get Through a Bad Day. And, um, you know, it's kind of funny that every, not every time, but a lot of times our series, um, it seems like that um, whatever I'm going to be preaching on, I actually have to walk it out. And so, um, I'm, you know, what to do, how to get through a bad day. I mean, we had a bad week. You know, our, um, our associate pastors, our family pastors, Joe and Ron and their house uh, went up in flames. And uh, God's blessed them. No one got hurt. And God's going to bless them. We're believing God that God's going to do even exceedingly abundantly above all they ask or think. This going to be not what was meant for harm is going to be turned to good for them. Amen. Amen. You guys believe that? And so a number of things. We lost, Lisa and I lost a good friend uh, um, um, to the flu, actually. He was 87 years old. And um, they run our, actually, our um, um, uh, uh, prison ministry that we support, Dale uh, McNeil. Arlen McNeil uh, passed away this past week. Good friends of ours. We've known him for 20-some years. And, uh, I mean, just other things happen. And it's kind of kind of funny, you know, that, that the enemy would kind of, kind of do that. So when I'm talking today about how to get through a bad day, I actually kind of know some things about it. Amen? And, you know, my next series is how to be rich and enjoy it. That's my next series. I'm... Amen. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just thinking, well, if that's the way it works, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm joking with you, you know that. <laughs> but um, so everybody has a bad day once in a while. And what we do as believers on bad days is very important. And uh, a lot of times when you're in the middle of a bad day, you feel like it's never going to end. I mean, Sometimes it can be not just a bad day, it becomes bad weeks and bad months and seasons, you know. And, you know, Jesus, he had a bad day. We call it Good Friday. It's good for us, but it was bad for him. In fact, you know, really some of these uh, messages that we're going to do, we're going to actually talk about how Jesus handled Good Friday and what he said on the cross, the six things he said on the cross. And so, and how he handled that. You know, we look through the Bible, and a lot of people had bad days because bad days happens to everyone. They come more often than we want them to come, and they last a lot longer than we think they should, you know. But how do we get through a bad day? Now, King David says something. Look at this, and you might, you might relate with it. In Psalm 69, verse 1, he says, Save me, O God, for the fl- floodwaters are up to my neck. Deeper and deeper I sink into the mire. I can't find a foothold to stand on. I am in deep water, and the flood's overwhelming. I'm exhausted from crying for help. My throat is parched and dry. My eyes are swollen with weeping, waiting for my God to help me. How many guys can relate to that? I mean... I mean, ever been there, you know? And and a lot of times, you know, we do. We we can relate to a lot of that. And a lot of the the, the um, people we see in the Bible, they went through bad times. They they went through that. And look what Jesus says about that in John sixteen thirty three. He said this. He says, "These things I have spoken to you, that in me, in Christ, you may have peace." That's just awesome. He says, "In the world, you're going to have tribulation." So he doesn't promise us that we're going to immediately. Um, not have any problems or anything like that, but you're going to have peace in him. In this world, you're going to have tribulations, right? You're going to have bad days. You're going to have some good days. You're going to have bad days, but, you know, but he says, but be of good cheer. And so we have to learn to find joy in the trials and tribulations like James talks about. He says, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So no matter what we go through, um, Jesus has already overcome it. 
He overcame those things, and he has a way out of that. And so we got to learn how to to follow Jesus, because he says, in me, you have peace, right? Even in the midst of a storm. So what do we do on a bad day? So I have three things today I'm going to go through about some of the the beginning things you need to do on a bad day. In the coming weeks, we're going to see what Jesus did on the bad day. So number one, there's some notes you can follow along with, is how do you need to control your thoughts? Immediately when you have a bad day, you need to control your thoughts um, because you have thoughts of anger, thoughts of, of rejection, pain, sadness, and even thoughts that I'm going to quit or I'm going to give up or it's not worth it. You know, you have those type of thoughts. And Paul tells us something in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. He says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. So casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience with your obedience is fulfilled. You know, we think that a lot of times when we're going to go through a bad day, you're going through a physical battle. And a lot of times it is physical. It is natural in a lot of ways, but that's not all it is. It is very much spiritual. It is a spiritual battle that you're going through. Yeah, you may be going through physical things. Maybe it's physical things in your body or, or, or in your finances or, or in relationships or something like that. But, but ultimately, it's a spiritual one. There's a spiritual battle going around that about you, because the Bible says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said that. And he's also like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. So he's trying to get you and I into a place that would cause us to give up, that would cause us to get off track of what God wants us to do. And so, so we are actually in a spiritual battle. And so you see this carnal, this fleshly, weak weapons don't work. That's what Paul's saying here. You're yelling, you're screaming, your arguments, you're fighting, your fear, your anxiety, and planning out to do stuff in your flesh don't work. It just doesn't work. In fact, a lot of times you can make your own bad day even worse. How many's ever done that before? Just because we just flesh out. How many's ever fleshed out? My hand is up. If your neighbor's hand's not up, raise it for him because they're hurting in some way. You know, you just flesh out when things go on. And you're like, oh, no, the world is going to end, right? But it never does. And see, the thing about what Jesus says, you, in me you have peace. Even though this world you're going to have trials, tribulations, you're going to have trouble. Be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. And see, we need to get into the right mindset when things are going bad around us, and we've got to be strong. And so these this, this carnal weapons that we think we have, oh, I need to plan it out. And I'm a planner. Let me tell you something. I plan. I have, I have schedules. I'm, I'm, I'm never late. If I'm late, there's something wrong. That means I'm waiting on my wife, okay? But I'm never late. I'm hardly ever late. In fact, if I'm 15 minutes um, early, I'm on time. If I had to be 15 minutes early, that's on time to me. That's just who I am. I grew up in a in a in a, a, a household that owned its own. It was a um, my dad owned his own own business. It was a service business. You can't be late in service, right? And so um, I plan everything. So when things start going wrong, guess what I'm doing? I'm writing down how to get out of it. But it's my own carnal 
way of doing it. And so he says, but Paul says, God's weapons are mighty. The spiritual weapons are mighty in God for what? The pulling down of a stronghold. Now, a stronghold can, is this, really. Stronghold, more than anything, is a mindset. It's the way you think. It's a mindset that is contrary to God and his word. So a person can allow a, a stronghold in by how you think. So that's why we need to control our thoughts. We need to get a hold of our thoughts. If we do not control our thoughts, our thoughts will control us. How many lied in your bed almost all night worrying? It can control you. So if there's anything that's holding you back from experiencing the goodness and the greatness of God, that's a stronghold. That's a stronghold. Even in the midst of a, a storm or a bad day, you can have the peace of God. You can have, you can know the goodness of God. You can know the greatness of God, and you don't have to have any worries no matter what because you know my God loves me. And if my God loves me, he's going to protect me. If my God loves me, he's going to get me through this. And so I know he loves me, and I need to think what is he thinking, and I need to be led by him because any thought that is contrary to what God thinks, you have to get it out of your life. You have to pull it down, and that's by prayer, that's by the word, that's by thinking on what God says. So when you something hits you like a train, I mean, if something hits you right immediately, you got to stop thinking, oh, man, what am I going to do? No, you're going to think, what would God do? God, what do you say about my situation? Because I refuse to operate in what the enemy is trying to get me in. I refuse to walk in the trap that, that the enemy wants me to walk in. Because these thoughts, man, they could be thoughts of, of failure, thoughts that you're no good, thoughts that oh, you're, um, you're, nothing's going to work, thoughts of giving up, thoughts of unforgiveness. See, if we meditate on these things, then we can create a stronghold or a barrier between us and the Word of God, and it gets us off track from the Word. That's why Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9, he says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, think on these things. Amen? That's what, what we have to think on. And believe. So we need to control your thoughts. And when you begin to control your thoughts, these barriers come down. And guess what begins to happen? Because God knows the end from the beginning, right? Do you think God is worried about your bad day? No, why? Because he knows what's next. He knows what's coming. He knows what you've been believing for, and he knows he's going to answer prayer, right? He knows when he's going to answer. He is not worried at all. It doesn't shake him. It doesn't move him. So why should it shake us and move us? We should just focus on him and say, yes, Lord, I'm not going to think on these thoughts. I'm not going to put a barrier between me and you. I'm going to, I'm going to think on what you said, because when we don't have any barriers, guess what we can see? We can see him. And that is all you need. That's all you need. That's all we need. So control your thoughts. If those things aren't of the word, get them out. 
and just listen. Listen to the Lord. Lord, what are you saying about this? You might not have caused it, but what do you say? What steps do I need to take? Because you're leading me through. How many believe that God wants to lead you? So where is he leading you to? And what steps do you need to take? Amen? You can hear clearly then. The second thing we need to do is we need to rest and wait before you make any judgments about your situation. You know, I've had bad days that I look back, and I'm glad they happened. How many's ever done that? Because we didn't see the end from the beginning. Only God did. I'm looking back, and I'm thinking, oh, okay. Yay, God. Thank you. Thank you for that. Because, but, but a lot of times, we, don't, we need to get out of the situation. And, and look at this. Look, turn to 1 Kings chapter 19. Let me show you something here. Let, let me show you Elijah. And I've showed you a lot of times this before, but we just need it into us, especially in our American culture. Look at what he says. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Also how he had executed all the prophets with a sword. I mean, Elijah is having a good day right now. I mean, he's doing the will of God. You know, he's, he's very manly. Anyway, then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he had saw that, he arose and ran for his life. Now he's starting to have a bad day. And went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came down and sat under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die. That's... That's a pretty bad day. You, you, you've gotten, you went from victory to, I want to get out of here. I want to die. And he said, it's enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I'm no better than my father's. Look what happened to Elijah. Right after a vic- major victory, Elijah was having a very, very bad day. Fear came in. Elijah ran for his life. He had lonely. He was lo- alone. He, he went into the wilderness. He was depressed. He was discouraged. Lord, take my life. But look what it goes on and says, verse 5. He says, then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time, touched him, and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he rose and ate and drank, and he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights as far as Hovren and the mountain of God. See, the first thing the Lord addressed with Elijah was his physical well-being. One of the best things that we can do when we're going through a challenging time is to make sure that we take, get enough rest and we take care of ourselves. Sometimes you just need to sleep on it. Sometimes you just need to go to bed. You're having a bad day. You're having a, a rough time with your spouse. Or you're, um, you're having a rough time with your kids. Or you're having a rough time with, at the job. And you, you think you know, your weapons are warfare or not carnal. Remember that. But sometimes you just need to go to sleep. See, the Lord talked to Elijah not about everything that happened. He just says he took care of his physical needs. 
Sometimes you just need to sleep on it because his mercies are new every morning, right? And sometimes your body is too weak. How many's ever played in the waves before at the beach? I mean, it will wipe you out. You sleep. In fact, if you want to have a have a good night and good evening, you know, and you're at the beach and everything, and you, you want to have a, a good t- good evening, just being alone with your wife or your your husband, send your kids out to the beach for a while. They'll sleep all night. Trust me, I used to live at the beach. I know. <laughs> Sorry, kids. Um, hidden secrets of parents. Amen. Anyway, sometimes you just need to rest. Get some rest because you've been beaten up all day long. Just go to sleep. Give it to the Lord and allow when you wake up these new mercies and grace to empower you. If you're weak physically, it's going to be hard for you to fight spiritually. Every single time. It is not easy when you're weak physically. In fact, in in Mark 6, 31, you'll have to turn there. Jesus said to his disciples, he says, come aside by yourself to a desert place and rest a while. For there has been many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. Sometimes our being overwhelmed and stressed out is just because we just need a day off. A lot of times, you know, we, we want to just act all spiritual all the time and everything. Sometimes you're, you're just weak physically. Sometimes you have not obeyed the commandment of the Sabbath to take time off and rest because you can't see clearly. In fact, when a lot of times when I've done that and I just, I, you know, God, I can't handle this right now and I don't know what to do and I'm praying, but I'm weak right now I'm, and I, I just need to go to bed. And when I wake up in the morning and I look at what, what happened, I'm looking at, well, that's not that big of a deal. How many's ever done that before? Because you begin to get a, a new new understanding of that, and you you become you rested up, and your your spirit man can rise up more. And we take time off to pray and seek the Lord, so we can respond and not react to the situation. This allows us to really look at the big picture. So you don't want to react in your emotions, and that's what happens when you're weak. You start to react emotionally, and that is never right. Right? Get some rest. If you're going through a bad day right now, go home and take a nap. That's a, that's a God word anyway. I just want you to know that. I'm taking that word for myself. I'm going home and taking a nap. Amen? Because you need to respond to life's circumstances according to God's word and according to God's spirit, and you respond by faith. And when you're weak, guess what's going to happen? You're going to flesh out every single time. Flesh out every single time. So rest, pray, get into the word, and get a plan from the Lord that way. Amen? Control your thoughts. Get some rest. Number three, keep your eyes on Jesus and think about what he says. Now listen, you can't get to number three until you control your thoughts. You can't get to number three until you get some rest. But number three is one of the most important parts. What does God say about your situation? What does God say about you? Amen? 
He is the only one that knows the end from the beginning. And as we mature in the Lord, we begin to realize how much God loves us. I mean, that's, that's enough right there. And we begin to trust him with all of our lives, the good and the bad. And if we follow him, he always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus, right? So we know that God has us under control. And let me show you something. Because this is what happens a lot of times. Because, you know, listen, I'm, I'm speaking from experience. I, I speak from my failures, right? So I am one who likes to be in control. And when I'm in control, I screw everything up. Right? And so when, when things go bad, I want, I'm a fixer. Right. I, I've I, I like to fix things. I, I've told you the story when when my uh, my dad was a locksmith, had a locksmith business. He had a security business, too. But I was in the shop one day and I fixed tried to fix the lock. I broke it and uh, I didn't fix it. And the customers waiting on it way too long. My dad comes over there and he says, hey, let me handle this. We got to get this customer going. I said no. To my dad, I stood up to him and I says, no, in the name of Jesus. I broke it. I'm going to fix it. He says, Sean, the customer's waiting. You don't know how to fix it. If you did, it would already been fixed. And I says, get behind me, Satan. (laughs) Not in those words. And my dad says, get your butt out. And he fired me. That day, I got fired by my dad. That's not the first time. I got a couple times, you know. But um, (laughs) then my mom always hired me back. Anyway, um, because they needed jobs done or something. But anyway. My dad, if you're listening, Dad, I'm so sorry for that. Anyway, um, I was totally wrong. I'm a fixer, but that doesn't make it right. I can't fix, you can't fix anything without the Lord. And when we flesh out and don't control our thoughts and when we're tired, you're just not going to do it. That's why it's so important to keep your eyes on Jesus. But this is what happens when I flesh out. I focus on the negatives every single time. Guess what the enemy comes in? like a flood, with negative thoughts. You're no good. You're a failure. You're not a good dad. You're not a good husband. You're not a good pastor. You're not a good leader. Whatever, whatever relates to you, there's, there's something that's not good. And you start focusing on those things. You start focusing on the negativity around you. Because when you are begin negative, guess what happens? You start you look at the news and you get even more negative, right? Look what Jesus said. Now look at this. Jesus said this, and I got this from Jim Richards. It's just powerful. Matthew twenty four verse twelve. Look what he says. He says, "And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold." He said this would be a characteristic of new times. Jesus is saying that the negative things going on around us. Maybe in us, not necessarily in us, but would cause the love of many to grow cold. Now, the word waxed here is, is, is really significant. It goes back to the way the candles were made. They would take a wick and they would dip it into hot wax and then, and then let it cool and, uh, for a few seconds and dip it again. And they would do that hundreds of times until you have a candle around. So they repeated that process until you had a lot of wax around that wick. Okay, The same thing is true with our heart. If we take our eyes off Jesus and focus on the evil of this world and, the, and, the, and our circumstances, then little by little, 
the layers of negativity harden around our heart and the love of God and the love for others wax cold. That's what it means by that. So what do we do? Because a lot of times that's what happens, right? Guess what? When you start blaming God and say, God, what's up? You know you've allowed the focus to be off. Why do you blame God? Maybe he had nothing to do with it. And if he did have anything to do with it, it's to get you to a place that's even better than where you were at before. So so the love of, of, of God waxed cold. Why? Because we have allowed our flesh to rule us and to look at all the negative things. And, and listen, let me, let me tell you something. You may have a lot of hurt and pain. You may have a lot of negative things going on around you, but it's not to be your focus. Your focus is to keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith, because he's going to lead you into greater places as we listen to him. But when we're eyes are off him, we're blind. We do not know where to go. So what do we need to do? Look at Joshua chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. He says this. This is what he told Joshua. He says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, and that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. Verse 9, have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. And do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Here the Lord speaking to Joshua, and he's taking over from Moses. A hard, he was kind of a hard act to follow. This is Moses. They took him out of, the, out of Egypt and, and bringing him into the promised land. Even though he never got there, he's a very well-known figure, you know? And he, and he told Joshua, be strong and of good courage and not be afraid or dismayed. You know, these are opposing forces. If you are afraid and dismayed, you're not going to be strong and of good courage. They're count, they counteract each other. So you've got to do two things and you got to resist two things. You got to resist being afraid, being dismayed. And you got to do two things, be strong and of good courage. The word dismayed means to be filled with dread or apprehension. Apprehension means to anticipate with anxiety. Wow. Isn't that what happens? When our eyes are off Jesus, we're not controlling our thoughts, we're not having any rest. Guess what's happening? We expect evil. We anticipate with fear. Why would you anticipate anything that God wants to do in your life with fear? Because God is good. God is love. And everything he does for us is good as we follow after him. See, when we get discouraged, and dismay because of all the negativity in our hearts waxing cold, we stop the process of where God is leading us. Another example is for Samuel when David was facing a very hard situation. His father-in-law Saul was trying to get at him. You guys remember that? Trying to kill him. He's running for his life every day for 13 years. 13 years. He'd been running. And at this time, in 1 Samuel, his um, possessions had been burned. His wives and all the wives of all the men were, and children were taken. In fact, some of his own most loyal men wanted to stone him. Now, you think you had a bad day. 
He's, had got, he's got a bad day. Yet in 1 Samuel 36, 30, verse 6, he says, Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because all the soul of the people were grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David did something. He strengthened himself in the Lord God. You know how he did that? What he's always done. He got his focus, not on the lion or the bear or the giant, but he went to a place of worship. He didn't try to put on Saul's armor when he was going after Goliath. He says, this is not me. He focused on God. He focused on him. His eyes were on him. He got into his word and he, he, he strengthened himself in God. See, that's what we need to do when, when things are going on around you. Don't start to think. Don't start to plan. Get some rest. But strengthen yourself in the Lord and go into a time of worship. Go into a time of prayer. Go into a time of the Word. Get people around you to help you with that. And says, listen, I'm going through a hard time. I need some help. I need somebody alongside who can put their faith up with mine and, and come alongside of me and say, yes, God, what do you say? And, and David did that. And, you know, he took the Word. And he began to encourage himself. And it was only a matter of hours until he saw God deliver him. And everything God had promised came to pass, and then he became king. If he had given up, and that's what the enemy wants. That's the whole point of all your bad days is to get your eyes off of Jesus so you will follow the enemy into destruction. That's the whole part. That's all it is. No matter how bad it is, and I don't want to make light of it, and maybe you're going through some really painful times, give it to the Lord. Get your eyes on him because God is going to make a way out of it. He is already wanting to lead you. He's calling you. He says, come on, I've got a way out. I don't like it either. I don't like my kids going through hard times. And I have a greater father in, in heaven, God. And how much he doesn't like for you to go through hard times. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. I see a lot of people today who stand for just a little short amount of time and then they quit. And they, they, they lose it before coming to their miracle. People have asked me, how, how long should I stand? You stand on the word until you are encouraged and you see it come to pass. You never give up. If it's, if it's a day, if it's a week, if it's 13 years to become king. You stand on the word, and you encourage, because you're going to get there, and you're going to have it, and you're going to rejoice, and you're going to look back and say, yeah, I'm so grateful I did not give up. I'm so thankful that I didn't stop. I have what he has promised. i got to keep my eyes on Jesus. Peter's a good example of that. Walks on water. God, Jesus commands him to come, and he walks on water. He's seeing Jesus. Then the waves start hitting him. He gets his eyes off Jesus, gets eyes on circumstances, and he begins to sink. What really changed was his focus. That was his focus. You begin to sink, you and I, and I know it. I've seen it. I've done it. When I put my eyes on my situation. I I remember going through issues with my body. And the more I thought and focused on my issues, the worse the issues became. They got worse. But when I focused on God, no. 
I will not die. I will live. Amen? God, you need to recognize that. Satan is using the evil and the negative things of this world to discourage you. Even if they're not personal problems, it could be other problems from somebody else. And you, some people take on their, their pain. You can get discouraged by watching politics, <laughs> the news. If you don't resist this, it will cause you to be discouraged and dismayed. And worst of all, your love for God will grow cold. The Bible says in Isaiah 26.3, powerful verse. Keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Amen? Because he trusts in you. Amen? Our peace is linked directly to how we think, to how we rest, and to who we focus on. Amen? So control what you think. Sit down, rest, wait before the Lord before you make any judgments. And keep your eyes on Jesus and think about what he says. I mean, God is so good. Amen. And you may be going through a bad day. I'm, I'm, I'm really proud uh, Joe's here. Joe, stand up. I'm really proud of Joe and his wife. I mean, I've just seen them. Come on, give me a hand. You know how they walk through this. You know, losing your home, it's not easy. But just the grace and mercy. And now listen, I'm sure they had those whys and why, Lord, you know, in their, their times. But, man, just to see them walk through this, keeping their eyes on Jesus. And, I, and this is what I believe. They're going to look back at this and say, <laughs> you know, it was hard. And it doesn't mean it's not hard. You go through hard things, Right. I mean, they've got, they're living in a hotel right now, Motel 6. No, they're living at Residence Inn. Anyway, and they're going to have to find another place to rent four to six months or so and before they get into their home. And it's not easy, right? Especially for, for, his, for his wife. Um, but they're going to come out better. Amen? And I believe they're going to look back and they're going to see, okay, that was hard, but it was worth it. Amen? Listen, you may be going through some hard times right now, but just focus, control your thoughts, find the thoughts of God, get some rest, get people around you to help you, right? Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of faith, and let him lead and guide you. You don't want to be led and guided by your emotions or by your flesh. Weapons are our warfare, not carnal. But they're spiritual. They're mighty in God. They're mighty. You've got to understand that. What you have inside of you as a believer is mighty. Listen to that. And watch God start bringing you out of it. There's some things you might have gotten yourself in trouble. Listen, I understand that we've all been there. But he will give you what you need to get out of that. Because you're his son. You're his daughter. And he loves you. Amen? Bow your heads. Close your eyes.